Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill, and these are my journals out loud. And it's really early this morning. I Actually, we got up at 3. The boy dog likes to get up at 2 now. We're just really excited about that. But uh, I wanted to pose this question because I am just sitting here writing in my journals, and I don't have the answer to this, but I thought I would explore it a little bit with you because it's an overwhelming idea. What if we've got 10 more years of this increased stress of what's going on out in the world and this pressure and the state of stress response? Those of us who are in a state of hypervigilance, which is exhausting, disassociation, which is aggravating if you're around somebody, and distraction, meaning I don't want to look. What if we had to do this for 10 more years? It's not sustainable. It is killing us. And it's probably going to take that long. So uh, I want to explore that idea a little bit. We're going to take a deep breath and I will see you on the other side. Three minutes if you want to jump ahead. And with that, here we go. Tell me why. Tell me why. Five, four, Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. How do we get, how do we get so Since day one, something's been missing. I, I know it's time to transition to... It's a brand new day and I am so glad you're here. My name is Jill and these are my journals out loud. I draw on them to bring you a podcast focusing on those of us who are wired for danger. In both the fight and the fallout. Because my heart and mission is to serve you in yours and what I know to be true as a wired for danger human. The quest for meaning Without a mission we are willing to die for, there is no purpose or meaning to live for. We are not special, but necessary. Our lives are often hard, and they rarely end well. But even knowing all of this, we just can't not do what we were born to do, because we can't stop being who we were born to be. If you are new, I hope you'll listen and see if any of this rings true. And if so, you are not alone. And with that, we are so glad you're here. I've been looking for a place that I'd rather be. I've been searching for my own destiny. I raise my gun to the sky and scream out loud. This is my life. 
So I also think I have morning voice. I haven't even yelled at the dogs this morning. I know. If you knew what went on here, you would understand. So uh, I really am just literally sitting here writing about this and thought, well, why don't I just talk to you about it versus just writing about it where, as I have told you, things just die in the journal. And part of it is, you know, I really got some good feedback and comments from people the last few days. And I just wanted to say thank you. I really need, it's not that I need validation. It's just hard speaking into a vacuum, basically, you know, preaching to the dogs here. And uh, it's it's difficult because at the same time, you know, we're all having our own personal experience, you know, that I don't understand what's going on with you. Uh, You don't understand what's going on with me. Most of us don't understand what's going on with everybody. Uh, But we have this overwhelming, constant pressure that's happening to us all. And one of the, the really most difficult components of any kind of stressful situation is not only uncertainty in what the outcome will be, but uncertainty on how long all of this is going to take. How long can I can I hold out, right? You know, right now we're getting ready to move into 100 degree weather, which I know isn't as bad as a lot of what you guys are experiencing. But, you know, it's I've been struggling with the 90s. You know, now we're going to go up hotter because it's a little bit hotter in the trailer than it is outside. And, uh, you know, okay, I can just look at the forecast and I just have to suck up and deal with it, right? Just a few more days, just a few more days. Because I can know that it will pass, you know, any kind of discomfort or frustrations around the heat level is temporary, right? So even though it's exhausting and I hate it, you know, and it's hard on the dogs, it's hard on everybody, wherever you are, heat, you know, extreme heat is difficult. And there's just, you know, well, yes, there's things you can do, you can go into the air conditioning, but when you don't have that as an option, You just have to suck it up and deal with it. And, you know, I've got, I've done it every year. I know I'll be okay. I just have to get through it. But I can look at the forecast and I can trust that eventually the temperatures will come back down. In the same way, you know, in winter, eventually the temperatures will rise back up. Uh, And there's an ebb and a flow to it, right? The stress of what we don't want, the stress of extreme weather, the stress of discomfort and things we can't control, it's a little bit easier when you can see what the forecast is and you can just say, okay, I can do this one day at a time. I can do this. Uh, I can do small things. You know, I can go get some ice. I can, you know, do little things to, to help get us all through. But when we look at what's going on out in the world, 
Uh, you know, it's something that's happening to all of us. It's something that we can't control. Uh, and it's so comprehensive. There's so many different things happening, you know, to the weather, to the chain, the supply chain, to us individually in terms of our relationships with our family, with illness, with death, with aging, with disability, with income, with uh, just, it just goes on and on and on. You know, will there be war? Will there be famine? Will there be an invasion? You know, will there be riots in the street? You know, you hear me talk about this over and over because it is happening and there's no concrete, absolute faith that by a certain date, it will be all over. And I had posed the question to myself, what would I, what would happen if just like, poof, everything went back to normal? Like, what if we woke up from the dream of what's happening right now, and we looked around and said, oh, thank goodness, everything is just normal. All the future fears were taken away and we were transported to a time which I think most of us lived in a place and time at one point where we didn't think about all this stuff, right? Like I didn't think about all this stuff till I lost my house. And that's when I started to pay attention because I'm like, this sucks. What's really going on? You know, there was a moment for all of us that we woke up to the first thing that disrupted the the idea that maybe there's more going on. So all of these things have been going on for a very long time, but we all had a day, a moment, an experience that took us into a new way of looking about the world and realizing that not everything was as it seemed and We've been in countdown mode ever since, you know, counting down to when the big bad thing or the next bad thing or the next step to this overwhelming, you know, pressure that's going on out in the world that feels like it's getting worse and worse. And I, so I thought, what would I feel like if I woke up and I didn't know any of these things, right? If I was just back in that bubble in which my life was just about me and my own tiny little life. Like I didn't have to think about what's happening to kids. I didn't have to think about, uh, you know, am I going to be able to take care of the dogs? I didn't have to think about, you know, what happens if I can't physically respond? You know, all this stuff just went away. And, you know, my biggest concern was... Hey, you know, I wonder what I'm going to eat today or what's on TV tonight. Remember when our life was just about making little decisions without this awareness like that every decision could be incredibly impactful in a very serious way, right? Like, you know, do I take my money out of the bank? Because right now they're yelling about the dollar and you've got, you know, some people saying no and some people saying yes. And I started to think, you know, I wonder if all the Bitcoin people are just trying to run it up so they can cash out before the electricity goes out. And, you know, all the people like me who aren't paying attention, you know, who might listen to the hype get screwed. It's exhausting because there's no simple right answer. 
And I just wanted to take a moment to think about what would it feel like to not be in this constant state of pressure. And I can't even imagine what that would be like. And so, you know, the next question I came up with was, okay, well, if I'm aware, you know, that my response to the end of the world and all this pressure is hypervigilance, right? Like I am on hyper alert, listening for the next piece of information that will help me understand what's coming. You know, that's the scout. That's the more of the wired for danger approach. Uh, You know, people who are freezing people, you know, they're disassociating more. They're shutting down more, uh, which is frustrating for anybody around them. You know, the flight people, let's say they're distract. I couldn't think of a good word, but we'll just say they're distracting more. They're focusing on inconsequential things, which is really aggravating if you're hypervigilant and you're screaming about, yes, but look at what's coming, look at what's coming, look at what's coming. Uh, And if you try to share that with people who are freeze or flight people, you know, they're angry at you, they're pushing you away, they're making you wrong, because it's too much, it's too much, it's too much. There's too much pressure in the soup that we're all living in, this collective cosmos pressure system, pressure cooker that we're in. And the higher the pressure, the more likely we are to default into our primary nervous system response. And none of these are places to be for a long period of time. You know, I've said this a million times, but if you're new and you haven't heard it, the stress response is designed to be about 30 minutes long. Uh, You know, the tiger is chasing you, you freeze, you run, you fight, whichever thing you do, you peak at about 30 minutes, then you go back to baseline at 60 minutes, and every Uh, minute after one hour is compromising your immune system. It's making you weaker. It's making you more vulnerable. It's making you more tired. It's just not sustainable. And, you know, I'm aware I cannot sustain this degree of hypervigilance. I cannot to, you know, keep this up indefinitely. And there's an intellectual understanding of all that. Uh, But there's an emotional part that says, yes, but what if I'm not paying attention and the bad thing happens and I wasn't paying attention? We're, you know, in fire season. And I think I shared this last year, you know, up here is a tinderbox. You know, there's a lot of dead trees. It's shocking to me how much it looks like where I lived in California when we had the same problem. And I did have fires and I did evacuate and I did stay, you know, in the fire zone. So I have experience with, you know, when your home base gets on fire. And last night I woke up and I smelled smoke and I thought, man, you know, what if there's a fire? Ugh. You know, the good news is this year is I am, I'm about halfway packed up to go. I'm trying to uh, separate my stuff into go piles and, and containers, you know, what I would live in the car with uh, and keep those separate from everything else. But, uh, you know, the plan, would I 
hook up the trailer and pull it out or would I just get into the truck and pull it out? Regardless, it's super stressful to just have to make the decision about picking up to go. But we're in this moment where it's just a constant state of smelling smoke and trying to make a decision, but okay, now what do I do? And it's not sustainable. And the reality is, is we're not even at the peak yet. We're still in the, if you look at it, you know, as a mountain, top of the mountain and a peak or a wave, you know, the bell curve thing I keep talking about, we're still on the upside of it. We still haven't peaked out at the top. I don't know how long we have to go. Now, You've heard me talk about Martin Armstrong and his forecasting model, which, you know, the more time I listen, the more I I can recognize he's been pretty, the Socrates, the computer has been pretty good at targeting dates because it's a cycle. It's not chaotic. It's uh, actually, if you look at cycles from the cycle perspective versus a linear perspective, uh, you know, there's very specific time cycles. And he pinpoints the end of this pressure cycle as 2032, that that will be the point in time where the shift in the push energy changes to from uh, you know, collapse and deconstruction into the rebuilding phase. So that's be the bottom. And then the next wave up will be rebuilding, creating the new. Uh, and that will be just as difficult in terms of uncertainty. But it's sort of like, you know, when you get sick and you have that the end of being sick, if you've had a long-term sickness or if you've broken a leg or something like that, where the point where it finally bottoms out and it kind of neutralizes, and now you're moving back up. You're getting, you know, you're able to go outside and get stronger. You know, it may take some time. Uh, it takes, you get the cast off. It takes some time to rebuild strength. But you sort of hit that peak low, like it's over, and now we're moving on to the next upswing. But if, if his cycle is correct, we have a long way to go. So that was the next question. Oh God, the dogs are activating. Uh, the next question is, if I knew that this was going to go on for basically 10 more years, uh, you know, it's not like it's a day, right? Like, okay, it's January 1st, 2032, everything's going to be okay. So if I knew this was going to go on for 10 more years, what would I do different? Because I cannot sustain this level of pressure and hypervigilance for 10 more years. You cannot stay in a constant state of alertness. You cannot stay, con well, you can. You can stay hypervigilant. You can stay disassociated. You can stay distracted. But it's, does, it's not good for you. It's not good for any of us. <laughs> the goal is how do I manage it? You know, and, and what, one of the things, you know, I've decided to do is to kind of just accept that as a future date in the same way I know, you know, that it's not going to stay hot forever. There's a day where it's going to feel like fall 
and it'll still be hot and warm because, you know, there's still hot days all the way through September. But there's sort of this relief that, you know, the worst part is over. And then, you know, we all have our two days of fall like we have our two days of spring, right? <laughs> I think my theory is that spring and fall are going to be things that we talked about and had as children and all that's left in the world is summer and winter. It's either just always too hot or too cold with just a few tiny days of memory that once upon a time we had four seasons instead of two. But I digress. So, uh, you know, I for myself, it helps me to pick that date, true or not, just as a way to cope with some perspective and realize that it doesn't matter uh, what's going to happen. This pressure is never going to end. We are going to be in this state of intense pressure for at least nine or ten more years. And, you know, that doesn't include uh, this whole sun thing, the whole cataclysm thing, right? Because uh, I don't know if, if a you know, if you can factor in certain things because it's just, a, it's, you know, the computer is only taking date, data. I don't know if you can factor in what's never happened before, right? If it's not part of the past cycle, I don't know if it can be part of the predictive cycle. But, uh, you know, there's a big point in time it's at coming at some point where the sun is going to do something that's going to be catastrophic, whether it's just a, an EMP and the electricity wipes out, or it's a nova, or it's a comet or whatever. But, you know, we're moving into a period of time, whether it's in our lifetime or not, that there's a big cataclysm. And, you know, that's the other shift I'm trying to make mentally for myself, is that we're in that pre cataclysm state there will be what happens during the cataclysm and what happens after and you know there's a good chance most of us will not experience it but it doesn't mean it's not part of this external pressure that we don't understand but we can feel it and whether you're aware of feeling it or not you know there is a part of you that's hooked into this energetic system that's causing us consciously or unconsciously to be hypervigilant, to disassociate or to just run away and distract. I don't want to deal with it. And that's just real. And we're seeing that in our relationships. We're seeing that in our leaders. We're seeing that uh, within ourselves. If we take a moment and we take a beat and we look around how are people choosing to cope? Because the pressure is real, whether we understand it with words or not. It's a real thing that's happening. Uh, you know, you just have to listen to what the real issues are underneath the news cycles. And there's just real things happening. And you know, our subconscious pulls all that data in. Uh, you know, our stress response really kind of defines how we cope with that data. And, 
you know, there's a lot of things that go into our coping. It's our our neuro, our physiology, how we're wired, what our genetic biological wiring system is, whether we're a man or we're a woman, how our nervous system has responded to stresses in the past, uh, whether it's damaged from a life of worrying or it's extremely strong, you know, from a life of protecting and managing it. Uh, but we're all in a different state of being with our nervous system within this pressure cooker. But I just wanted to pose that question, like what would it feel like if we just woke up and all of this was gone, like waking up from a bad dream? Would we just feel relief? You know, my real question is, would I just not be so tired? Would would I have relief because this pressure got removed and my problems became super tiny, like what kind of pizza do I want to buy versus the fact, you know, now I think I'm never going to have it again. You know, how would that shift and change for us? And, you know, I don't believe it's going to happen. I don't believe we're going to wake up and everything's going to be okay. I don't believe that when you look at the math itself, you know, when you look at the facts of the state of where things are at a very practical, unemotional, you know, logic and reason level. There's just no recovering from the amount of damage to the system and disruption to the system. So, you know, regardless of what, even if, if like we woke up and everybody got sane and we started to make good decisions, then it would still take a long time to recover and rebuild from all of this. And so I'm not saying it's going to happen, you know, let's engage some wishful thinking and it will magically become so. But I was trying to imagine what the pressure relief would be like. And how would I feel? Could I make that shift within myself, even in the current state of all that is? And There's two pieces to that. You know, there's one, what we can choose to intentionally manage. And two, there's just a reality going on in the the atmosphere, in the ethers, in the, the, the weather. You know, right now we're in a heat cycle here, uh, which is monsoon season, which creates a different pressure system. So I can intellectually understand the pressure system. I can factually, science-based, understand the pressure system. But my body is still going to feel it, and the effects are still going to be the same. So it's trying to find a way to manage all of this. Uh, And that's why I think it's so powerful to understand our primary response to it. So for someone like me who is hypervigilant and overfocused and ready to attack, you know, in attack mode on defense, I can't sustain that for 10 years. 
uh, and I can't do anything about it. In the same way, you know, I can't beat up the sun and say, stop, stop, go away, right? So if we understand what our nervous system is doing, you know, I started all this with my original theory being, if I'm somebody that is over-focused, hyper-vigilant, then the way I need to balance that out is to look at how can I be, uh, what can I do that's more in the freeze flight category? So what can I do to distract myself a little bit? What can I do to take breaks? Uh, you know, at the same time, somebody who disassociates, someone who freezes up, you can't stay frozen for 10 years. And what you may need to do is to allow yourself to look at some of these things, to start moving past your freezing up way of being and allow some of this information to come in. Uh, if you're a flight person, maybe you need to stop for a moment and turn around and look. And the reason why I think that's so important and valuable is that a lot of the pressure that we're feeling gets worse when the people that are closest to us are uh, reacting in a way that is frustrating us. So if I'm super focused on what the danger is and I'm in proximity to people who are distracted and freezing up, I might get more and more upset trying to yell louder and louder and louder to get their attention. I need you to care about this. I need you to care about this. You know, it's my responsibility to take care of us because you're not participating. So if I step that back, then there's room for people. So when you're pushing, pushing, pushing at people who are checking out and running away, all they're going to do is run away faster and check out more. So if we can pull that pressure off of the people that don't want to look, we will intellectually not feel better, but I think energetically it's very important for our own survival through all this. And people who are frozen up and running away, when you remove that pressure... They have the opportunity to try to move out of their frozen runaway state. Now, again, it's hard for me to understand those two states of being as easily as it is for me to understand the hyper-focused vigilant state. But I do know that when there's constant pressure coming at me, just like with the news cycle right now, I just get more and more tired and I can't sustain pushing back at it. Uh, I can't fight it because I can't stop it. I can't solve the problem and make it go away. So I have to figure out what to do in that state of constant pressure coming at me uh, because it's it's eliciting the fight response or the freeze response or the flight response, but it's not going to end in 30 minutes. And if I can plant that seed like, man, this is going to be going on for 10 more years, how do I reshape and reframe all this so that I am not killing myself literally by remaining in an extreme state of stress that my body cannot tolerate or take? And it's really difficult to do when it's big, scary, terrible things. But if it's not going to stop 
how can we manage that in spite of, you know, I keep trying to imagine what it must be like in Ukraine, right? When you just are never sure when that bomb is going to drop on you. Like, how do you function day to day? And you do function, but the real trick to all of this is to recognize what's going on with your nervous system and working with that versus trying to manage the external uh things you know you can't control anything out in the world so how do you manage all of this within yourself when you've got zero control of things going on out in the world and you know and it's hard if you have a super strong justice push right because you know I was thinking that this morning thinking you know it's like these crazy people are running around doing terrible things they don't feel the fallout of the rest of us do right that's all that i don't want and and we're just sitting around and taking it and there's no way to stop it it's just you know if i think about that too much it just makes my brain explode because i can't do anything and it's so stupid and unnecessary and here we are and it's part of our bigger cycle and we are part of it. We are being swept up in it, whether we want to or not, because there's pretty much nowhere to go. I mean, you could fly to some obscure place on the planet, but this is just happening. And, you know, what's going on with the sun is not going to care if you're on an island somewhere, right? So this is all happening. This is part of this particular cycle. Uh, and we have to figure out how we're going to manage it, because... Uh, as I was, you know, started all this, if this is going to go on for 10 more years, there was a day where I did not wake up and think about any of this stuff. And how did that feel? And can I make that level of non-constant stress, can I bring that back into my own body and mind and state even though I know all this other stuff is going on. Because it's not, I can't change it, I can't control it, I can't stop it. Uh, and one of the big dangers, and this is real, especially for, for flight, fight people, is when you, say in, when you stay in an exaggerated state of hypervigilance, eventually your body is no longer able to switch that off. It's like the on-off switch gets stuck into the on. Uh, that's a lot of what we see from people who come back from war. They can't turn that hyper-focus off, that hyper-vigilance off. And you cannot sustain that level of chemicals being dumped in your body. That's what they talk about with adrenal fatigue. You cannot. You do not have an unlimited supply of... Uh, neurotransmitters and hormones to continue a state of hypervigilance. And that is when you go through a super crash. That's when your body collapses. Uh, and it takes such a long time to recover. I remember reading one time that when you burn your adrenals out, it takes over a year for them to heal. And I remember thinking like, I don't, how am I going to do that for a whole year? And, you know, understanding that I don't have a choice. Now, I have no idea where I am in that process because that was a long time ago. But 
it is a real thing. You cannot sustain extreme states of stress for long periods of time without doing some really serious damage to the very delicate and masterful system within our bodies that we have. And so I don't have perfect answers. I just have a reality check that once upon a time, all of us lived in a world where we woke up and we did not think about all these extreme things and were aware of them. So our bodies have known what it's like to not be in an extreme state of stress response. And if we know it's going to be happening for 10 more years, give or take, uh, we don't know that, but I think it's much better to assume it's going to be going on for a long time than pretending like things are going to go back to normal. Uh, if If we knew it was going to go on for 10 more years like that, what kind of shifts can we make in our day, in our thinking, uh, in how we manage these pressures so that we can interrupt this extreme stress response that we're in because we don't have control over it. And if we don't figure out how to interrupt Whichever version that we're stuck in, you know, for for fight people, you know, we are most likely stuck in a state of hypervigilance and hyperfocus. You know, if I can get more information and I can know what's happening, then I can relax. That is never going to happen. So what can we do to distract? What can we do to look away? What can we do to engage with the world that is not part of us hyper-focusing on everything else going on around us. Uh, And if we're stuck in a disassociated, distracted state of being, what can we do to maybe take some pressure off the people who are trying to yell at us and wake us up, right? Will that give them some relief? Uh, Are we willing to take on more responsibility for what's going on in our shared life? so that the burden isn't placed on just one person. It's a very intricate dance. There's no right or wrong, and there's no perfect. Uh, There's only just understanding who we are, who the immediate players are in our circle, uh, and how we want to make decisions about that. Do we want to just let them go? You know, they're going to stay in a disassociated state. I can't help you. And trying to tell you what's happening is just making me feel worse, uh, right? Or maybe, you know, packing away more supplies and then just letting it go or making peace with the fact that, you know, I tried, I failed, I'm going to step away now. Uh, Again, it's much easier for me to understand the fight response than it is the, uh, I can intellectually and I can tap into what other people are feeling but I can't do anything about it, and it's, it's, uh, it's more frustrating for me to try to enter that energetic space than it is for me to just let it go. So we all have to make a decision about what's happening for us, but I wanted to plant that seed because this is real. Uh, there is a pressure that's on all of us. 
that is activating our stress response, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. And freezing up or distracting from it doesn't mean it's not happening. But for those of us who are fight, we cannot sustain this for 10 years. So we must find a way to manage it energetically because it's not going away and to allow it to burn us out, especially before we've reached peak crisis. Uh, I think it's really important. Uh, And so uh, there's no perfect answer. You know, the simple, obvious thing that I've talked about forever is, uh, you know, we are sympathetic nervous system, which is stress response. We are parasympathetic, which is the relaxing of the stress response. And, uh, you know, you've heard me talk about the vagal nerve, you know, breathing, grounding, nature, uh, creativity, different kinds of food, exercise, all these simple, practical things. But they don't mean anything if we don't make the decision to let go of all the things we can't control because we can't. Uh, and we have to make it to be a very conscious decision that, yes, this stuff is happening, but I must take a break from it or I am killing myself, which is a literal thing. So I just wanted to float that as part of this morning's uh, thinking that I wanted to share because this is real and this is happening. And if there really is going to be 10 more years of this, uh, I know for myself, I have got to put a put a different perspective on it. And more importantly, you know, I have to look around me and decide how I want to deal with the people around me because that's over-activating my hypervigilance by people not wanting to look. And you know, being okay with letting them go. Like that's the consequences of their choices and their decisions. I can't take care of you. Uh, I can't take care of myself. I can't take care of the dogs. I mean, there's just some real things happening for all of us. So I just wanted to touch base on that. Again, I wanted to say thank you for those of you who have put in some really nice comments. It really helps me, not because I am looking for people to validate me, but because it helps me to know I'm not looking at all of this in just my way that it's resonating with certain people. Uh, And that is very, very helpful for me as I sit here and talk to the two dogs. So (laughs) who are not resonating with any of this. They're all about, uh, they're in hypervigilance now because there's been some dog barking outside, right? So it's watching them move in and out of their own hypervigilant focused state, but mostly they just don't care, right? entertain me. Are you not entertained? So (laughs) deep breath, my friends, and I will see you next time.